2: And welcome back to another episode of the Spurs cast. On today's episode, I'll be joined by Project Spurs writer, Colin Reed. In this episode, Colin and I would break down the NBA draft that just took place last week, and then we'll dive into free agency. Let's go ahead and jump right into this episode with Colin. Colin, how you doing?
3: I'm doing great. Very exciting time of year. You know, uh, I know we all love the transactions, and I can't believe, you know, there's been so much excitement around here with all the Wimby stuff that, like, man, we're knocking on the door. I mean three days from when we're recording is when all of the craziness is going to start. So it's been a whirlwind from finals to draft to this, and and it's an exciting time.
2: Yeah, man, it's definitely exciting. Uh, you know, I actually, I was back in San Antonio last week just for the draft. Uh, I wanted to go cover it, Got be, be in San Antonio. So we got to, you know, got to talk with the media to coach pop and then also to um, yeah, just be, be around there. It was, it was a really cool uh, event being there and then uh, getting to see Wemby be introduced at the spur at, you know, in front of San Antonio Spurs fans and, and uh, I got to be at the arena when he uh, when he got to see, like, you know, just like what the arena is going to be like for him there at the AT&T Center. So I was really excited. The city's just definitely really, really happy. And like everyone's just, you know, Really um, enthusiastic right now uh, with, the, with the Spurs uh, draft, you know, get, getting the, the the availability to draft might be. So, Colin, let's go ahead and break down um, draft night first, and then let's go into a few notes regarding the Spurs. And I do want to apologize. My screens are going to look a little weird just because I'm, I'm having some technical difficulties on my end. So I'm going to be looking at one screen, even though I may not look at the camera as much for those of you watching on video. All right. So let's begin here. OK, so draft night recap. Um, so the Spurs, of course, did draft Victor Wimbanyama with the first overall pick. When it came to pick 33 in the second round, they traded that pick to the Minnesota Timberwolves for two future second-round picks, um, uh, the, a 2026 Utah pick and then also a 2028 pick from the Wolves. And then on with the 44th pick in the second round, the Spurs drafted um, uh, CeeDee C- 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 Sissoko uh, with the 44th pick. He's from France, but he did spend a year last year with the G League Ignite here, here in the States. Um, and, and according to Brian Wright, the GM of the Spurs, he did say that, that the Spurs explored their options to try to maybe move up. We saw there was reporting that they might try to move up, but they ended up not, you know, not going with any kind of deals from, from what we were told, um, even before the draft is that he really wanted to see what this young core, Kelden Johnson, Devin Vassell, Jeremy Sohan, what these kind of players can do next to with Victor Wembanyama. So, so even if, you know, maybe there was a trade where maybe Kelden needed to be included, the Spurs didn't go through with that, that kind of a move. Um, um, so, so, uh, what are your thoughts just on draft night initially?
3: Yeah, when I knew that they weren't going to try to trade any players, I realized it was probably going to be hard for them to trade up in the draft. You know, a player that I really liked for this team in terms of someone who is young and can develop with them is Anthony Black and he had a fairly mm-hmm. wide range on where he could have gone and then he basically went as early in that range as possible. So at that point that was probably tough. Um and if they had earmarked him as well as like a player that they wanted to bring on well, you know, six was probably a little bit steep for them to trade into that position. You know, it was very funny. The night that the Spurs probably drafted the player that's going to take them into their next franchise year to see discontent that they traded the 33 pick because it's like, what are we doing? We're kind yes. of losing sight of perspective <laughs> here a little bit. Um, but, you know, I think one of the things that's interesting about that and and something that I was kind of just mulling over is, you know, there's a whole community Of people, you know, draft Twitter, draft podcasters, draft all of these things. And really, we're evaluating the talent based on skill, and that's all we have. But every front office person that I have heard from, and I know that you have heard from and talked to some of these front office people as well, they talk about how important the background and the medicals really are. And that's something that we don't really get access to on the outside unless it comes out in reporting. So Anytime you're like, oh man, I'm, I'm upset that my team didn't sign this person for this or draft this person for this, this, and this reason, like you don't know what the the medicals were. Maybe they're fine. Maybe they weren't, but you know, it's just always interesting to me when we go through the draft, we only get to see their skills. We don't get to see these other two components that are really important, but I was really happy with, with them being able to get CD with the 44th pick. Um, and, and I thought it was a great night all the way around, you know, I think it's one of those where. You know, if if Victor stays healthy and, and the team building goes as they've planned, you know, in 20 years, hopefully it's one of those things where they're showing him being picked at the beginning of some montage. So all in all, a great night for the Spurs.
2: Yeah, just your, your reminders think uh, just the fact that you said there was some content of uh, discontent over over the th- pick 33 getting trade. I got so many questions about it. The fact that I had to write that in an article like write the explanation of why the Spurs did that. I mean, so yeah, I just didn't think I mean, and, and we're about to get to why one of the reasons why is just limited roster space at this point, uh, as we break down in our next topic here. So now after the draft column, there's been a few notes here. Um, uh, regarding Wemby and also just the Spurs in general. Uh, so for one, um, Victor Wembanyama will not be playing with the French national team at the FIBA World Cup. That was announced over the weekend. Uh, he, he made that decision. It wasn't like the Spurs like pressured him and said, you know, you, you cannot play. They were actually, according to a podcast I heard, um, that they were actually giving him the green light that if he wanted to play, he could have played. So he was actually choosing more so on, on his end, uh, looking at uh, talking to his medical staff that, you know, he's just played a lot of basketball over the last year. And so it was just in the best interest for his young NBA career to not play FIBA World Cup. Um, the Spurs reportedly um, uh, had some interest in signing Nas Reed to a one year deal before the Minnesota Timberwolves um, signed him to a, to a three-year extension or multi-year extension. So that's that's interesting to hear that the Spurs – we've heard that the Spurs are, are, are interested in targeting a, a center, whether that's via free agency or via trade. Um, and so that just shows that if it was true that a rumor that the Spurs had interest in Nas Reed, well then, yeah, that, that's a sign right there, even though he obviously he's going to be in Minnesota – uh, the Spurs also have reportedly agreed to a two-way deal with Sir Jabari Rice out of Texas. He went undrafted, and so Woj reported that same night on draft night that he'll be playing on a two-way deal with San Antonio. He can't sign that two-way deal until um, until free agency begins on July 1st, so that's why he hasn't officially been signed yet. Um, and then here, uh, Zach Collins' contract for $7.7 million did guarantee. That's not a surprise to us. We, we knew that was going to happen, uh, especially via Coach Pop. He said at the, on the last week of the, last of the regular season, Pop mentioned that Zach would be back next year. At that time, he called him uh, the starting center for the team. But now things have changed now that he got Binyama Maybe Zach will start. Maybe he won't. And then lastly, uh, also when Brian Roke spoke with the media, um, he, he said that um, Trey Jones is going to be entering restricted free agency, which is interesting because the Spurs had until June 30th to extend Trey Jones, before, which basically not letting him go into restricted free agency, very similar to what the, the Timberwolves did with Nas Reed. But they, they're opting, it looks like, to let him test the market here. Um, you don't talk about all these topics, Colin, but is there anything there that intrigues you um, out of those, uh, those notes that we learned?
3: Yeah. Just a couple quick touches. You know, I was very thankful when I heard that that was Wimby's decision not to play in FIBA because these, uh, you know, I wish that it were true for American players too, but I understand that American basketball is really centered around the NBA, but I know that for international players playing for their country is like a huge point of pride. And I remember, Mm -hmm. you know, this wasn't early on in Manu's career. This was when he had been with the team for like 15, 16, 17 years He had a a pretty frustrating situation with the team where they didn't want him to play for Argentina. And he knew that was one of the last chances he could get. And, you know, they were able to resolve it, thankfully. But, you know, I don't remember the exact timeline, but I I don't remember who it was before or after that. You know, Philly came along with a giant offer to him and said, Yes, I remember that. Mm -hmm." If you want to be a veteran on our team that's growing, you know. And so you just don't want that kind of discontent to start literally the summer you sign Victor (laughs) Madama. So I was really happy to hear, okay, no, this is his decision. This is what he's wanting. It's not like the Spurs coming in. And I think, you know, the fact that they're so cautious is a good thing. I just wouldn't have wanted that to start literally the first summer that they signed him where they're frustrating him with, Oh, we don't want you to play for FIBA. So that being his decision is awesome. The Nas Reed thing is something that we're going to talk about a lot. I think in the next couple sections here, but the fact that they were looking at a center, specifically one that maybe is a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger to absorb Mm -hmm. some of that physicality. It's really interesting that they're looking for that because the center position is very thin, this free agency and specifically that type of center. Like there are some centers available, but they're kind of more of the like, thinner, leaner string being very quick guys, the like physical strong guys that are really gonna like bruise with people down low, very thin free agency class so it's it's going to be interesting to see i mean obviously that seems like a role they want to fill and i'm interested to see how they're going to do it
2: okay and then now before we go into um breaking down the free agents specifically uh i do want to talk about the state of the roster because i think this is very important before we we dive into you know who are the free agents out there because i think we got to really talk about how the spurs have very limited roster spots and i think this is something we've addressed before in the spurs cast so with Zach Collins' contract guaranteeing over the weekend, the Spurs have 11 players going into next season on guaranteed deals, which means they only have four open roster spots in terms of the uh, full roster. Now, uh, free agents that are going to be out there on the, on the market this coming week uh, weekend are Trey Jones, who's restricted. Uh, we have Romeo Lankford. I don't know if the Spurs will make him restricted. It doesn't seem like they will. Uh, we have Sandro Mamoukalashvili, who's who's going to be a restricted free agent. And I do want to note that I think the Spurs will try to bring him back because he was actually present there in San Antonio at um, – at Wemby's, um, you know, press conference, uh, it was him, Kelden Johnson, and uh, Jeremy Stonehead. The three of them were all in, 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 there in person, uh, supporting Wemby as, as he, he was get, you know, making his first um, uh, initiations into San Antonio or like, you know, welcoming into San Antonio. So I think Mom was definitely going to be back, or at least they're going to try to um, try to bring him back. Uh, we have Katie Bates-Jop out there, who's on an unrestricted free agent. And then you have Gorgie Jang, um, also unrestricted free agent. Now we talk about the two-way roster spots. One of, if, if it's true that Serge Bari Rice is taking one of those spots, then one's already filled. Then you, you would think that CD Sissoko, who they just drafted, is probably going to get another one. So that leaves probably just one two-way spot. But there's two players probably fighting for that spot. There's Julian Champagny, who the Spurs can um, make a restricted free agent for a two-way spot, and also Dominic Barlow. the spurs drafted last year in the second round uh for who who they can uh, make him a restricted free agent for that that other two-way spot and again this points more so why they traded pick 33 the fact that there's there's even limit there's even limitations on their two-way roster spots now how much cap space do the spurs have they have a lot of cap space depending on moves they make with trey jones with mamu where they can they they can open up anywhere from like 26 to about 38.7 million dollars in cap space we do want to say that if jones and mamu return then there's just going to be two open roster spots. So again, when we get to this free agent discussion here in a bit, we do want to note that there's just two open roster spots. And then their their lineups kind of I would just say weird. It doesn't really make a lot of sense at, at certain positions because a lot of the players like are in, are in each other's places already. And I think it's just the fact that it's a great thing obviously that they got Wemby because you know, he's he's right there. You know, he's he's your cornerstone. That's the, that's the main piece you start with when you start building a team. But now to fill in the uh, pieces around Wemby, and then you still have a lot of those young core players it's it's kind of tough to find exactly where that need is we know there's some needs but exactly where is it cuz a lot of the players kind of like overlap in terms of in terms of of position so are the spurs looking for a starting point guard are they looking for wing depth are they looking for a starting center as has been reported or and and i just i would just say too like how do you even start to like build the starting lineup when it's just like, so it's it's, it's just a little different. Like again, like, cause like Wemby's there and you would think he would be the five, but then there's been reports that, that they want to ha- have, you know, like you said, calling a more physical presence there at the five to start to have him basically start at the four. So then you have, you could have Zach Collins starting at the five, or he could go out and find a five via trade or free agency. Then you, then Jeremy Sohan would usually play the four, but now he might have to shift down to the three, which is a place he didn't play last year um offensively he he'd be fine i think just you know running point or doing things like that but it's defensively he's more of a four and then you still have Devin Vassell who you want to keep in the starting lineup you can play the 2 or the 3 and then you have Calden Johnson who can also play the 2 or the 3 but then it's like, where does that starting point guard go if you're going to start all these players? You don't want to put like Kelden on the bench and he's like a $20 million player. You don't want to put Vassell on the bench and he's, a, you know, he's he's about to get an extension most likely. So I think it's just kind of hard to figure out where their needs are because they have such a... It's just a different lineup because a lot of players kind of overlap in position. What are your thoughts on the state of the roster before we dive into the actual free agents?
3: Yeah, and you were kind of mentioning it there. I mean, I feel like Sohan's best position is a four. And, and you know, you can see there may be being a closing lineup where Wimby slides over to the five and you have Mm -hmm. Vassell and Johnson and Sohan and Wimby and then, you know, take your pick at who's at the one as we're about to discuss. But, you know, I know that there have been some people because of last year when, when pop played Sohan at point guard a little bit more, you know, I I think that that was partially due to a, we're trying to develop this guy B Mm -hmm. We're trying to lose 60 games and like, see, we're, you know, we don't have any point guards on the roster. I know, you know, I picked up um NBA 2K23 last year mm-hmm. and I started my team and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to buy all the Spurs and I'm going to play them. The game didn't even let me run a lineup because I didn't have enough point guards. It was like, you need two point guards. You only have Trey Jones. You need another one. You know, it was like, they're not enough point guards in the roster. So, and then they picked up Devonte Graham, you know, mid season, but mm-hmm. I, I just feel like, and this, this is where I was getting, when I started looking through this, you know, and some people are like, well, what are the Spurs going to be? Are they going to be com- like uh, competitive, yeah. barely out of the play-in team, playoff team, whatever. My big question is, well, okay. We get to the end of a game and a playoff series. They don't have an answer for Victor in the pick and roll who on the Spurs is that pick and roll ball handler spamming the pick and roll with Wimby every time down the court. Cause like, Sohan might be able to bring it up and initiate the offense, but I don't know if he's that pick and roll ball handler. No, and that's really yes. what I'm getting at is mm-hmm. like, if they have the seven foot five guy who can pop, who can roll, who can hit the mid range jumper and drop, they need like, if, if this team is going to win a championship, they need an elite point guard that can run the pick and roll. I mean, it doesn't have to be a point guard, but just an elite pick and roll ball handler. That might not come yet, but that's definitely a position of need. And it's just, it like you said, okay, so you have that at the one, well now you're starting two of Vassell, johnson and sohan so it's it's very weird i'm very interested to see you know these first couple of preseason games that are still mm-hmm. four months away you know that's going to be very telling to see like okay what are these starting lineups that they're thrown out there
2: yeah and, and i think that it'll be answered as, as we get the games it's just more so to start the season i think that you know you know how pop is Like, he's gonna basically you have to earn your spot after a while like if if it's not working for you after 20 games, he's going to bench you and, you know, those kind of things. But that's why I think that it'll, it'll eventually figure itself out. But I think just initially to start, it's kind of this is why it's hard though when you're building a team to, or looking at players to sign or trade for, it's like where exactly do you target? And also you had a great comment there. We don't know exactly how aggressive they're going to be in terms of wanting to be competitive in terms of like, are they trying to shoot straight for the playoffs this year? Is it like a very slow development, like just making some incremental progress based on last year? You know, that's another question. We don't quite know it. That's more so of like, you know, where is Where's the front office at in that department? And so with that, let's go ahead and jump now into into the uh, into free agency. Uh, just looking at some available free agents. So what we're going to do Spurs cast listeners is, is Colin actually took some time and he, and he built these three different tiers. I like the way that he did this. I'm going to let him explain exactly why he put some of these players in these, in these tiers. And then we'll kind of just, we'll I'll, I'll just talk about what, what I, what I found out in terms of research in terms of, um, you know, what is the projection of these players, uh, uh contract wise. And then Colin, you and I can kind of just spit back. I mean, go back and forth if we're going to, um, you know, if you would prefer the Spurs sign that player or not. Um, so first, before we begin, do you want to tell listeners why we exactly, um, why, why, I mean, why you chose some of these players in these different tiers?
3: Sure. So I, I went to uh, Spotrax Free Agency Tracker, um, mm-hmm. and they have all of the free agents marked out as either All-Star, Starter, uh, Rotation, or Fringe. And I'm not quite sure what they're doing behind the scenes to get those, but I basically exported all those to a spreadsheet and removed all the Fringe, so we're left with All-Star, Starter, and Rotation. Uh, and then I went over to B-Ball Index, they have a couple of proprietary stats that kind of measure like shooting ability and playmaking ability Mm -hmm. and i looked at all of these free agents in those two categories and you know some of them were strong in both and that was really alluring to me some of them were strong in one and like pretty good in another one and so and so basically not only that but you know that doesn't account for defense so for instance a name here on the list grant williams He wasn't, you know, quite as high in both of those categories, but I knew like, okay, he's going to fit with the Spurs need on defense as like a big man who's versatile. So I started off with that list and then I looked through the list for other like fits as needed.
2: Okay. So let's first talk about tier one, which you were calling like great. Like these, these, these additions would be, these players would be great with the Spurs. And I do want to make one comment because a lot of these players are restricted free agents because there has been an update to restricted free agency with this new CBA. So here's the role according to the league memo, even though the actual CBA is not, not out yet. It's free agency is about to start on Friday. So, so the, the new update to the to the restricted free agency is that if you send an offer sheet, you now teams that are getting that offer sheet, they have one day or the original team has one day to match. So it's just 24 hours to match. However, if it happens during the moratorium, July 1st through 6th, then you don't have to match or, or make your decision until July seventh, as soon as as soon as the, the moratorium lifts. So again, uh, regarding restrictive agency, we do want to note that for twenty four hours, your cap space can be tied up if you're sending you know a big offer to one of these um, restrictive agents. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through the, the players that Colin um, listed here and kind of show you, tell you their their contract ranges. Uh, and I've I've just listed them by height according to the NBA.com's um, height height um, uh, you know data. So we have Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, his his projected range is like in that mid-level exception range, according to Bob Marks. A lot of these projections are from Bobby Marks. So between 5 and 12.4 million. We have Kobe White. Uh, he's a restricted free agent with the Bulls. Um, contract range is between 5 and 12.4 million. Austin Reeves, six um, um, he, he's a restricted free agent, 6'5", should I say. He's going to require more than the MLE. We don't know exactly how much, but he is a U- arenas free agent, which I've explained here on the Spurs cast means that his contract – the la- you have to basically backload the last two years of the contract uh, if you're trying to get the Lakers to to try to match it, and so basically um, uh, Yazzie Goslin of um, Hoops Hype um, reported this on Twitter. He says uh, a um, this is just let's just say a full max look for um, for uh, Austin It look like 12.4 on year one, 13 million in year two, then it balloons to 37.4 in year three and 39.1 um, million in year four. According to all the different podcasts and, and reports I've read, the um, Lakers are willing to match. I don't know how how much they would go. Would they go all the way to his max? uh colin player you mentioned grant williams um he's a restricted free agent as well um he's probably going to need more than the mle to to pry him away from boston although bill simmons i don't know if it was him or his guest, they mentioned on one of the bill simmons podcasts that a deal like four for 40 might be enough for grant williams uh pj washington from the hornets is going to be a restricted free agent uh he's going to need more than more than the mle to to to, to move him from from charlotte cameron johnson 6'8 from brooklyn uh he's going to need more than mid-level More than the mid-level, the Nets are probably willing to to match up to a certain extent. You have Purdo, former Spur. Uh, He's an unrestricted free agent, and his market's looking like fifteen to twenty million. That's how much it's going to cost you if you want to try to sign Perto away from the Raptors. And then, lastly, uh, actually, my apologies, I put PJ Washington twice there. All right, so uh, Colin, go ahead and tell me the players you would you would want to want to want the Spurs to sign from this group, and then I'll tell you my the players that I that I thought of.
3: Yeah. So so and and I think for me, I'm very much a realist. So I'm looking at. You know, hearing the reportings that Austin Reeves, I think he would have been a great fit. Sounds like the Lakers are willing to match him. So I'm kind of marking him off in my mind. Cam Johnson, I'm not sure if the Spurs are going to go to that. Like, ooh, we're going to make the Nets uneasy level. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it sounds like Jakob and the Raptors are kind of have some sort of... I mean, I'm not going to say agreement, but it sounds like they have an understanding behind the scenes. I think Jake Fisher today said that uh, league knowledge is that they're going to come to an agreement of some sort. Um, and so when I'm looking at this list, just to quickly go like, I, I think Dante DiVincenzo would be an awesome get for the Spurs. You know, you have the 5 to $12.4 million range here. And something that I think is really interesting here is that $12.4 million is the non-taxpayer mid-level. Well, if the Spurs waive all of their cap holds except for Trey and Mamu, but they don't sign those guys. Let's say they they come to an agreement with them, but they don't sign them. Their cap holds are low. So what they can Mm -hmm. do is they can sign two free agents for more than the MLE. They can just outbid, they can say, oh, here's 14 million. And then they can use a new tool that's in their disposal with, with the new CBA. I mean, it's been there before, but the room exception used to be less than the taxpayer MLE. That has now flipped where it's now worth more. This upcoming year it's gonna be, I think,
1: seven point 7. 7. Yeah, seven. seven point seven. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And and so you're looking at, you know, these guys that are in that five to twelve million dollar range, you know, if if they are excited to come to San Antonio, then maybe the room exception is something that's worth it. And if it's a restricted free agent who maybe, you know, just needs a little bit more than the MLE to like sign that offer sheet, but the team's not gonna chase them. You can sign them for 14 million. So, in my projections, you know, not with the roster spots, you'd have to waive someone to make this work. If you're going to bring back Trey and Mamu, you could do something like Dante, Kobe, and Grant Williams. And Kobe White, I don't know. I don't know. I have any reporting. It just seems like it's one of those situations where both sides are ready for a fresh start. Mm-hmm. So, he's kind of one of those guys who I'm wondering maybe the Bulls would just match this. But would he go for that $7 million room exception, at least to start with. And then the Spurs can like, if he becomes a part, cause he he's that, you know, that I think John Hollinger came up with the, the second draft guys where you can bring him on. He's still young enough. And all of a sudden he has a new role where now that's where he's flourishing. Um, and so for me, when I'm looking at this list for both the intersection of likely, and also what I think would be good fits for the Spurs, it's, Dante Kobe and Grant Williams, I think would be a really good so now You're adding shooting to the team. You're adding some defensive versatility and you're adding another one of those pick and roll uh, ball handler threat kind of guys, you know, again, not elite, but that's not, there are none of those out there this year, except for James Harden and Kyrie Irving and Fred VanVleet, which the Spurs are not getting. So yeah, I, I like those three guys. If they can walk out of free agency with those three, I think they've had a huge win of a free agency period.
2: Okay. Um, okay, so what, what I did here was for in terms of, uh, of just looking at it, I, I was looking um, more so at like, I don't know, I just feel like I, out of those, those names right there on this page, I just feel like Austin Reeves and, and Cameron Johnson are two players that you can give like a four-year deal and, and you're going to feel, um, you know, they're going to be a good um
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
0: And if you love the filet of fish
2: right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6.
0: Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: Foundational pieces to build alongside Devin and Sohan and Wemby, you know, for, for not just, you know, one or two years. So, but I'm having trouble with those numbers, man. Cause like, I, I don't, I don't think you need to go to the, you know, if you're the Spurs, you don't go to the max to, for either of those guys, just to pry them away from their teams from, from the Brooklyn or the, or the Lakers. Now just Reeves, I was just looking at what if they did go to the max um, in, in 2025, 20, uh, um, you know, t- in, in year three, he would be taking up twenty five percent of their of their, calorie, of, of their salary cap, which is um you know it's, it's supposed to be at one forty nine. So I'm just I'm, I'm like really hesitant. Also, I feel like if you if you go after Austin or Cameron, I think you do got to try try to move somebody in that starting lineup, somebody like Keldon. Maybe that's when you because there's just like why are you paying these guys now? And you still you know you still have that overlap of of just a lot of players there on the wing. So if it's not for like a max level, I would I would, would be interested in seeing if they go after either Austin Reeves or Cameron Johnson this this coming weekend. Uh, if not Pirtle, I'm thinking maybe if you do like a one or two year deal, yes, in that 15 to 20 million dollar range. He knows the system. You know, Spurs know him. He could start. He's he's one of those centers who's, who's physically uh, there defensively, who can play alongside Wemby. Um, you know, play more so inside and guard like the, the Nicole Jokic, Joel Embiid kind of players. Whenever you play those kind of teams, but I would I don't know if I want to go all the way to four years. Um, maybe maybe one or two, and then the the player I think is more more realistic of them getting is just uh, Dante DiVincenzo. Even if they have to give him like just a little bit over that. Tw- 12.4 I think and and I think I don't think he'll be a starting guard, but he would definitely be a good piece off the bench Um, he can play alongside Malachi Branham in lineups. I just think that I think Dante there is one of the players who, who really intrigues me All right, let's keep going here. Good. Did you want to say
3: something? Oh, oh, yeah I was just gonna say like I agree because and like I say I knew it was doing the projections Um, you can even go again if you're just trying to chase off other teams You can go 14 15 16 million with Dante yeah. like the cap is rising new TV deal mm-hmm. is coming and and now you're you're not competing against you know a contender that has the non tox pyramid level you're you're competing against one of the other i think there's seven or eight total cap space teams yeah. you know mm-hmm. and, and that's a completely different type of market at that point so i think that's kind of the situation that that like i said you can do that with a dante and then a grant williams and then offer someone else the room exception it's it's that room exception being bigger, I think, has leveraged a lot for the Spurs this upcoming free agency. I,
2: I like Grant Williams too. It's just, I just feel like then he gets in the way in terms of minutes like for for, for Sohan or Vassell. or whatever. Yeah. You know, there's just like all these, it's just too many like of, of the players that they're at the four and like three-ish kind of kind of range. And that's mm-hmm. why that's where I was a little bit more hesitant, even though I think you could get him on a good deal. Um, yeah, and then to, like what you said there, I mean, it really just gets to 13 million, you're good. Like a lot of those teams aren't gonna be able to get there. Like none of those teams are that. A lot of teams don't have the full taxpayer, and then if not, um, some of them only have five million with that tax exception, which is just five million. That's all you have to beat on some cases. And then there's capped out teams like the Warriors and a few others that have none. They have no exceptions because they're in that second apron already going into free agency. So I mean, they have no way to to match you at all. So again, there's there's definitely a way that you're I think you're going to get you're you're going to be able to get some really good role players I think in, in this coming free aging class um, better than because the other the other teams aren't aren't able to match you. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to your tier two, Colin. Uh these are the players you're calling like like good fits here. Um, you know, they, they would they would work out well. Um so let's first begin with Seth Curry. And again, I'm listing the players by height. Seth Curry, um, he's he's his contract range is also awesome, in that MLE range five to twelve point four million. Corey Joseph, former spur, a little bit less, probably like that veteran minimum to like five million dollar range, 2.5 to 5 million. Josh Hart, although we're 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 um waiting on word from the Knicks that um he and the Knicks um pushed his his, his player option deadline back a few days. So that'll be coming up. I'm pretty sure from all their point that he's gonna end up staying in New York. So, um, uh, he, but he's there. Uh, Max Strus, um, free agent, unrestricted free agent, five million to 12.4 million. What's so gonna cost you to, to pull him from Miami? Shake Milton, about 2.5 to 5 million. Nikhil Alexander Walker, who is gonna play. I'm gonna talk about here in a little bit. Um, he's a restricted free agent, and his his market's there in like the five to 12.4 million range. Ty Jerome, uh, he's gonna be a restricted free agent. He probably needs the minimum, to, or he's like a minimum player at this point. Delano Banton of the Raptors, restricted, also a minimum player. Troy Brown Jr um 67 of the Lakers uh, about 2.5 to 5 million to prime away and then uh Bismack Biyombo um uh, minimum probably player player at this point and then Dario Saric uh, um, 2.5 to about 5 million and then Mason Plumlee had a good um, showing with the Clippers right at the end of the season so he he um he he's in that 5 to like 12.4 million range who are some players uh, you like there uh there at the uh, in your tier 2 list
3: yeah so um and again you're talking about like this grant williams jeremy sohan like these kind of it and i know dario can slide down to the five and so i know he does get in a log of that too but he is one of those players there are players out there that just scream i am a san antonio Spurs." sometime in my career and dario sarge <laughs> does for some reason there yes. was the, like uh we thought the spurs were going to get him when they were gonna i forgot who, who are they gonna yes. this on?
2: yes yes i remember there was a few years ago oh um Oh with Thaddeus Young. That yeah, is young. that and, and yeah, they were gonna get yeah.
3: Dario Sarich and but <laughs> even before that, like Dario has always seemed like a Spurs kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um and then I was looking and I saw Mason Plumley on the free agent list. And I was like, oh Mason Plumley played for Pop and FIBA World Cup. A couple of years oh, ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. And good I was man. like, and you, you're looking for like a, a bigger kind of bruiser centerish kind of guy, uh, you know? I mean, he has that relationship with Pop, and and that was kind of where I was coming from with Corey Joseph too. You know, he didn't grade out as a shooter, but you know, he graded out in my system as a good uh creator. And you again, you have the nose of mm-hmm. spur system.
2: Yes, for sure. Seth
3: Curry, you know, low on creator, but high on the shooting. Obviously, maybe a good bench shooter. Uh, I think. A couple that I was really, really interested in, and then Bismarck Bionbo, just another, like I said, big physical defensive center. One that I was really interested in was Shake Milton and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. They both rated very highly as both shooters and as playmakers, and that was really interesting to me because I think both are gettable, and they're both, mm-hmm. like, players that are a size that you covet in the NBA, and they're coming out as, like, good connector pieces and good shooters, which is what the Spurs need right now. So those two. I actually at first had them at my great tier, but then I was like, okay, if this first sign, either of these players, would we be like super excited? I think they're good fits, but I had to move them down, but they, they actually rated out those two rated out really well in my system. And so I was interested to see that. And so they made the list.
2: Okay. Okay. So I have a few of the names that you mentioned there. Um, I, for one, I, I put, um, I wrote down Seth, Seth Curry, you know, he comes off the bench, um, immediate good shooter gives, gives uh, the Spurs some spacing there. Um, and get, again, right there at that range between five and twelve point four million, um, Josh Hart, I don't think again. I think he's going to end up put back with Nick. So, but but if if he was available, I think that the Spurs should definitely make a run at him. Uh, Max Struess is a player who I, I find very interesting, um, and probably not to start, but to come off the bench, you know, just be a, a good shooter, provide some spacing, and in the event that Doug McDermott either gets traded or he ends up leaving in free agency next year, then that that's a player who's kind of there at the at the wing for you in terms of and, and so lot, brings forth a lot of your shooting. The player who I'm really interested in there is, is Nikhil Alexander Walker. I was really impressed by his playoff performance with um the Timberwolves. Just the, the way he hounded players on defense. I mean, just really locked in there. He was making a lot of corner threes wide open. Um, just had a really good playoff run, and, and I just feel like, yeah, he may not start for you, but he's one of those versatile players that he you bring off the bench immediately. Or if there's like a, you know, a, a very um high-level offensive player, he's the player that you just say, Hey, you're gonna start this game only, and you're gonna have to make sure you guard this guy. Like that's your I take your job. Just make sure you're you're defending him. So I feel like he would definitely bring an impact defensively and the fact that again it might it, it just might take you 13 million just to get you know prime away from the timberwolves uh if, if that's the case uh and then of course sarge is a player that i mentioned even though like i said there's, there's a lot of players there at the four already but i just think off the bench you can be a, a player who's very versatile does a lot of things for you on, on your second unit and so i definitely think um dario sarge is one of those players that, that really is really impressive to me all right, man. And now let's go to your last uh, your last tier here, tier three. And these are your players who you're saying, um, you know, they fit a need. And so some of the names on here may not be exciting, or some of them are probably not likely. They're probably like the marquee names in free agency, so that's why you wrote either they're not exciting or they they're just you know they're probably not going to be gettable, um, for for the Spurs this off season. So let's begin just with the list. Uh, we have Fred VanVleet, who is expected to get thirty million or more in this um, coming off season, most likely from the Houston Rockets, is what all the reporting showing right now. Uh, Reggie Jackson, um, 2.5 to about 5 million. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, 2.5 to 5 million. Bruce Brown Jr., who just won a championship with the Nuggets, he's probably going to command a little bit more than the MLE or maybe right at the MLE, the 12.4. Uh, D'Angelo Russell with Lakers, uh, more than the MLE, so it's going to take most likely. Terrence Davis from the Kings, uh, 2.5 to about 5 million. Damian Lee from the Suns, uh, 2.5 to about 5 million. Jordan Clarkson, um, he has a player option that hasn't been decided yet, but uh, according to all the reports, he's going to end up staying in Utah, probably in a long-term deal. So I'd, you know, if he's available, I mean, that's a good option. But if not, I think he's going to end up staying in Utah. If he does become unrestricted for agents, it's probably going to take more than the MLE for Jordan Clarkson. Alec Burks the uh, Pistons haven't decided yet if they're going to pick up his team option or not so we're kind of waiting and seeing but if he does go to rest- uh, if he goes into free agency uh, his contract range is like that 5 to 12.4 million. You have Karis LeVert there uh, with the Cavs more than the MLE's required probably to get him. Josh Richardson former Spur about 5 to 12.4 million. Yuta Watanabe of the of the uh, Brooklyn Nets about 2.5 to 5 million. Joe Ingles of the Milwaukee Bucks, um, five to twelve point four million, and then Kyle Kuzma, who is a name that I've gotten from a lot of Spurs um, uh, fans have been throwing, uh, you know mentioning his name in my mentions. Well, uh, it's going to take more than the MLE, and plus, just to report this morning that he's he's seeking up closer to thirty million, which I think is too much for him. But but again, we'll we'll kind of see uh, who are some players that, that you you know that you, you would prefer the Spurs show to look at here in free agency.
3: Yeah, so you know, kind of just going back to the system, Alec Burks and Karis Levert were two players that rated well in the system. Um, alec burks i you know he's under here because of well actually both of them are under here because not likely because alec burks you know he's a player who does have a team option that's a lot of team control and he graded out well in both systems and what do you know we're hearing reports that the pistons are probably going to exercise that option yes. and keep him on the team Karis Lavert is a situation of you know the the bird rights trap where if they lose him the Cavs can't really do anything with that <laughs> salary spot they're not going to gain salary and even though you know he maybe hasn't been the most impactful player for them. Losing mm-hmm. them would be a talent downgrade. So it's one of those things where it's like you either keep them or lose them for nothing and downgrade your yeah. talent. So they're going to keep them. I, I would be pretty sure about. Um, so, I, I okay. And then Kyle Kuzma. I don't think they're getting Fred VanVleet. I don't think they're getting. Now a name that we see on here. Uh, I talked about a high level or elite pick and roll player. Uh, there is one I see on the list and that's D'Angelo Russell. He has some other warts. and I don't know <laughs> if the Spurs fans would love them throwing a huge bag at him. But when you come to that one weakness on the roster where the Spurs just don't have a lot of pick and roll creation, there is a player available in free agency. They could go get, and they have the resources to do it. <sighs> I mean, the warts are what they are. And, and I feel uneasy about it too, but there is at least something of a fit there. Now the most exciting name for me on this list is Bruce Brown. Of course he's kind of the bell of the ball cuz he just, you know, was a part of a championship winning yeah. team, but his play style obviously, you know, defense, plays within a system, plays mm-hmm. within the flow of the game, gets his offense when it comes to him, you know, plays his role well. I mean that's like 2014 Spurs role player thing right there and I know that, that that's something that I think we we who watch that team will see that kind of player and like immediately like note it down like, Oh, Bruce Brown should be a spur. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and so I think Bruce Brown is a guy I see on this list, but I think that he is going to command a little bit of a market. And I think he's going to get his pick. And I think if he wants to be back in Denver, he's going to be able to go back to Denver, even mm-hmm. though that might not be for the biggest contract. If he wants to go to a, another contender, he will. And so I think one of the really interesting things that we might get to is for a player You know, all these players say they want to play for a contender, which I completely understand I would too. The Spurs were 22 and 60 last year. What Mm -hmm. is the calculus in these players' minds when they have Wimby now and it looks like they're going to ascend? Where do the Spurs now rank in their things of like, I can go there, establish myself as a role player for the next five, six, seven years, and maybe by the end of that, we're a championship roster. Like, they're obviously not contending, but I it's hard to know how players are evaluating the Spurs because if the Spurs did not get Wimby in the draft, I would know how they're evaluating the Spurs and it's a lottery Mm -hmm. team. (laughs) But it's really hard now to know, like, is this an attractive free agent destination for some of these younger guys who think they can grow and establish here? Like we talked about earlier, a Kobe White might feel like I can go there and spend seven or eight years there and become, you know, a part of their guard rotation for a long time and then i'm on a championship contender you know and that's what i want in my career and maybe bruce brown thinks that too i just think there's gonna be a huge market for him so and not in terms of like the money but in terms of the suitors i think everyone wants a bruce Mm -hmm. brown on their team and so that's why i had it in the not likely just because i don't know what his motivations and free agency are but i think he is definitely the most exciting name on this list for me
2: okay Two players that that, I, that you know that, that interests me, and there are probably more um, players that, that provide more depth in terms of um one one of them is a player who's you know he wouldn't command a lot, which is just two point five to five million. That's Yuta Watanabe. I like what he did with Brooklyn last year. I think again, just in terms of depth, having an extra shooter out there, he's he's really uh, he he, he matches that um, perfectly, and especially if, just for that contract, two point five to five million wouldn't be bad. Uh, and as depth and then just a player to have on, on your second unit or even even in crunch time uh, with pick and roll ball handling skills and that's uh, Joe Ingalls uh, um, you know he's, he's split the Jazz I've, I know he's getting older and I, that's why I just feel like he would be hesitant at this point to, to join a young team like the Spurs I think he'll want to go to a championship contender at this point of his career like we saw him do at Milwaukee last year but he's also a player that I think just you know running some second unit for, for you um, especially alongside Wemby at, at times in, in the pick and roll would be would be would be very interesting to watch um, Oh man. So Delo is a little bit different for me. I'm just not, I'm not, I know that I, I, I understand what you're saying there that like, if you really want to get like an estate, like out of this group of free agents, one that's not going to cost like, you know, like Fred Van Leet and it costs doing you know, over 30 million, maybe giving Dilo like, you know, like, like a few years, but maybe, you know, I don't know what, where the limit is. Like, where do you say it? like is 18 to 20 is what I'm already thinking in my head. And like, that's, you know, that's more than what, what some other teams might offer, but you know. And then you trade him down the road like two years. No, I, I'm just not as high on him. But I understand what you're saying about how they need like a player right now who who might who knows exactly how to run the pick and roll and kind of run an offense. And he's done that for, for multiple years. He just did that with the Lakers. So um, uh, I'm a little bit yeah, I'm a little bit more hesitant on him. So, um, yeah, that was that was a, that was a really good list there. Um, of players, and I just like that. That there's some, there's some methodology, mytholo- you know. How do you say? Yeah, methodology. Methodology. There you go. Behind behind all these all these players listed. Yeah, thank you for that, for that help there with one of those tongue twisters. All right. So now, okay. So so for me, uh, I didn't really make any kind of list because I, I really like to use um, Collins' there what he made, but I just I just wrote down. I looked at all these free agents, and I looked at again. You have six players who are your core. You have Wemby. You have um, Sohan. Uh, uh, Devin Vassell, Malachi Branham. Um, and then you have, um, uh, Kelton Johnson. He's a, he's again, he's kind of like, I don't know exactly where Kelton's going to fit their long-term plans. I know they have him on, on a multi-year extension, but in terms of fit, he does, there, there's, it's like, he, there's like some over, overlap going on there. Um, and like Zach Collins is part of their core right now. And also Doug, Doug But they can end up leaving, you know, they're both going to be afraid just next year. So those are like your, your main core, those, those young players. And so, I'm just like trying to figure out if, if you go after one of these players at these, in terms of these three specific free agents, um, you know, where, where, where could they sound like a three or four year deal? can't, can they be on this team, you know, long-term? And I would say yes, for Austin Reeves and Cameron Johnson. Now, if you sign one of those two players, I feel like you do got to make them starters. Like you're making that investment in them. But so then I think that you do have to probably move Kelden if that's the case. Like, I think that if you're bringing on Reeves, you're investing a lot of money in him or, or Cameron Johnson, you're trying to get the Lakers or nets to them to not match. And you're making a real big commitment there so i do feel like then you do have to explore some trades for for, for Kelden just because like uh you know where he's at, at, at on, on the team in terms of roster uh and then Nikhil alexander walker i just feel like again he'll be a really good bench piece so i talked about him already i just feel like and that wouldn't cost you a lot like again um five to like 12.4 million maybe you have to go to 13 to sign him and, he, and he'd be a good place uh piece on the bench there for you for multiple years and like again he's always there uh in different versatile lineups for you so I know that it's kind of tough. Cause like this free, I, I, as I told you before we recorded this free agent class is kind of like at the top, the star power, like it's kind of underwhelming, which we knew that going in, there wasn't like a lot of star players that you can immediately, um, you know, go out there and, and throw money in and try to sign. And so uh, it, it is definitely great for like role players and players for, for bench. I think that's what this good, this is, this is what one of the highlights of, of this um, free agency class. So man, we'll see what happens. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It's going to be, It's going to be interesting here uh, coming up on Friday. Did you have any last thoughts before we um, close out this episode, Colin?
3: Yeah, I I think, you know, you were looking at that core, and I think another really interesting name, you know, we talk about a point guard who can run an offense and a pick-and-roll initiator. One name that I really do find interesting, and this is going to be a big year to learn kind of what the capabilities are in that, is Blake Wesley. Because in Summer League, he showed stuff. And he, Mm -hmm. he had an explosive first step. That athleticism, he was using it to, like, get to the spots you wanted. And when you can create for yourself, it makes creating for others only that much easier. But, you know, the Spurs, you think about all of the guards that have come up in, you know, Spurs You over the past, you know, six, seven years since DeJounte Murray, they have this down to a system, they have it down to an art. And they had Blake Wesley in that training program, if you will, and then he got hurt. And he never really recovered after that. So you know, we might be talking in two or three years where he's the answer to that question that we're talking about now, and we just don't know. So I I completely understand. I think Brian Wright making the complete right decision to say we're going to take all of our inner core and maybe what I might call outer core guys, and we're not going to touch them. We're just going to see how this goes together. We understand that the roster construction isn't quite clean, but there will be movement maybe at the trade deadline or next offseason, but we just need to see who fits around this generational talent first before we make the moves and then don't get three or four years down the line and go, oh man, that player we traded, he would have been the perfect fit next to Wim and Yama. So it's one of those things where I think there's no perfect answer for them this off season as we've looked at. There's a couple of cool and intriguing ones, but I think it's one of those things where you know, you talked about it not being a very big free agent class. And I think that that's the case since 2019 when Kawhi moved and KD and Kyrie moved. Mm-hmm. And that's because of the max extension rules. That's because of the veteran extension rules. That's because of how star players are now requesting trades before they even hit free yes, agency to go to the teams that yeah. they want to get to. So if the Spurs don't have that second or third star on the roster now or through the draft, they're probably not going to get that player through free agency. They're probably going to have to make a trade. Um, and I think that probably won't come until next summer or the summer after, but we still have a lot of development for a lot of guys on the roster. So, you know, it's, it's, there's some intriguing names out there, but it's, it's maybe not going to be a super duper splashy summer. Is what I would say. For the yes, for,
2: for sure. And just real quick, before we close this out, I actually had some more comments on that. I just thought of because because what you said there about Blake Wesley so as you all saw i didn't have him in the core of the spurs even though you know he is also just coming into year two and i think i think what was hard about you know looking at his season was just the fact that sohan and, and malachi had such you know really uh, you know they, they basically exceeded expectations and so it was it, it was tough on blake just to have to basically um you know live up to that hype behind those two just the fact that they really popped off in, in, in their rookie year and um his was a little bit you know like you said the injury really slowed him down at the beginning so you know he could be definitely a piece for the for the franchise down down the stretch but right now I, I don't quite put him in that group just based on what I saw in, in year one. Uh, another comment I do want to make is that uh, depending on moves they make this coming weekend, it wouldn't be surprising if they need to clear up some roster space to see them wave a player on a guaranteed contract. Maybe like a Ken Birch, who who who, who ended the year last year after he got traded to San Antonio on, on the on the injured list. We never we never even saw him play with the Spurs. His deal was for like six point seven million. And then also a player like Charles Bassi, who, who who had a good showing with the Spurs last year, ended up getting hurt. But his his deal is only uh, it's it's at two point five million. So again, if they need to clear up some caps, not not cap space, that won't help you get cap space. But if they need to clear up some salad, uh, some some roster space, they may need to look at um you know waving some some of those players currently on deals. And Colin, I just want to do a quick um rapid fire questions with you real fast um, before sure. we close this out. Trey Jones is he is he a Spur again next season? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sandro Kalashvili. Mamu, is he a Spur again? I think so. I think he is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so then, okay. So then if that's the case so that. I, I'm agreeing with you, by the way. I'm not like, trying yeah, to say yeah. anything. Uh, if that's the case and that's, I that means two open roster spots. That's it. So out of all these players we just dug into, that's two so, open roster
3: spots, unless they wave players, other players. So I have one, one quick rapid fire question for you ahead. then to kind of put the shoe on the other foot. Okay. So Dominic Barlow or uh, Champagny, who is going to have that third two-way spot? I mean, cause I'm going to guess oh, that, um, so we already have one two a spot accounted for. And then I think CD is going to get the other one. Yes. So that, that last one, is that going to go to, uh, Dominic Barlow or Champagne? I'm
2: going to, I'm going to go ahead and say Champagne, but only cause I just saw a Spurs report. Like, I mean, not a report, a, a tweet. They like put pictures oh, of the players yeah, he was working in the out and he's in there. Yeah. He's in the background. Yeah. And also a fan sent me something that they saw him at somewhere in San Antonio at some event here in town. And that, you know, he had said he would be back. I don't know if he meant back like in the city or what we you know what that meant, but, um, so I just feel like, yeah, like that's just, I mean, just based on visual evidence yeah. and, and I also feel like he's just the good piece to have around of for shooting, you need shooting. And he showed it uh, there at the end of the year. And, um and, and if you need to, you can just like, you know, put, put him on a, um, on a regular season contract if like down the stretch of the season. Mm-hmm. So I'm more confident in Champagne being back than, than Barlow. So, yeah, man, let's see what happens this weekend. So, like we said, man, if they end up signing Jones back and Mamu, that's two open roster spots unless they make some trades or if they uh, waive some other players. So, that's kind of, you know, even though, and, and it, the big thing too, though, is they do need to get over like 20 million. and need to spend that cap space by by the by the start of the regular season. So they there is a priority to either trade for players or sign for um, free agents. So so again, we'll see what happens. It's going to be a very interesting uh, weekend, and then also summer coming up. So um, thank you to Colin for joining me here on this episode of the Spurs Cast. I also wanted to say thank you for to Joe Garcia for mixing and producing this episode. From all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe and have a great day.